All right, good morning, Church by the Beach family. We hope you guys are having a tremendous Sunday so far, amen. If you are, let's give Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap of praise, amen. Woo, there we go, now I can see it. How amazing you all look, all right? Awesome. Hey, listen, we are uh, launching something today here on our church website at churchbythebeach.org called Granoth. Yes, yes, that's what it's called. Growth Track, all right? What is Growth Track? Well, if you want to be connected deeper with the church and you want to get within volunteering or if you're a current volunteer, um, you're going to have to go through this anyway. You're going to be hearing more about it, but it's called Growth Track gives you a great insight of what we believe here at the church, all that we've got going on, different ministries, all of this wonderful stuff. And the way to get to it is go to, again, our website, go to Next Steps and hit Growth Track. It won't take long for you to go through it, but we just want to encourage you to check that out this week. And, and also, if you do look at it, and I get to see who looked at it and who didn't, all right? So there you go. You're, you're going to tell on yourself if you don't, all right? But anyway, you know, um, we have been in a, what I have called a random bunch of messages, okay? Typically, I'm a sermon series guy. I, I stick to a, a theme and we go through it until I figure we're going somewhere else or God figures we're going somewhere else, all right? But here in this season, we've been in call, what we, I consider to be a, a random group of messages. And today we're gonna talk about one called Lift Up. And really what that does, it really goes along with what we talked about last week, okay? But right now, I want to say this. We potentially could be what is considered to be in the greatest revival era to have ever come to this world. I brought this fact out last week. I'm going to bring it again later on in the message to this morning. But in the last 40 years, we have seen more people come to Christ than the previous 1,980 years combined, okay? That is a massive move of God, amen? And listen, there's nothing greater of a miracle to ever take place in someone's life than the miracle of them receiving and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of this great era and we get to demonstrate it through like we talked about last week, the good news, spreading the gospel all around, but also we get to do it by our giving and our tithes and our offerings and our mission giving. And some of you are like, oh, I'm tuning you out. You're talking about the wallet, okay? No, listen, I'm excited about announcing this. We as a church have committed from, from all the way back in January all the way through the, the end of this year, $1,000 per month to missions, giving to different mission organizations. And listen, that is huge. Can y'all hear me? I guess you can. I feel like I'm talking in a box right now, okay? That's just me though. All right, and uh, so, so why do I say that? Why do I bring that to your attention? First of all, this past week, we had the privilege, guys, the privilege of supporting three different mission projects. And we took what we were, we were talking about, the $1,000 per month, we retro paid that back from January all the way up to September. Why? Because of God's faithfulness to us. Your obedience to scripture, God being faithful, and we're able to then send that right back out and make a lasting impact. Let me, let me help you out here. You're a Christ follower. At least I'm believing that. If not, by the end of the service, you will be, okay? I'm believing that too. But you know what? It's because somebody cared and they shared that message of hope, that message of love. And we get to be a part of something so tremendously 
fantastic. You know what Jesus actually said? He says, go into all the world, in Mark chapter 16, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So I want to congratulate you as a church. We want to be mission-minded, we want to be mission-focused, and we are moving forward. And it's going to be fantastic to see all that God does in these mission areas through our giving. Amen? Awesome, awesome. Well, what I believe right now, we are in the era not only of great revival, but we are also in an era, in a, in a season of life where we are seeing many, many prophecies being fulfilled. You know, the Bible actually uh, responds or communicates to us in 1 Chronicles 12. It's talking about a group of Israelites and they were very aware of the season of time that they were living in. And so for us, it's very important that we understand the same thing, understanding the season of time that you and I are living in. And the only way that we can do that is by looking at it through the lens of Scripture, the biblical perspective. In fact, um, when you study the end times, we understand Paul talks about it. The great apostle Paul talks about it. Jesus has writings on it. The book of Revelation is all about it, right? And even the Old Testament has writings on the end times. Basically, it comes down to a couple things for us. And we can find that in the verses that we're about to look at, which are very similar to last week's verses as well. And we're going to pull out two very strong dynamics that I think would be, uh, that we need to pay attention to this morning. So let's, let's jump into the scripture. In Matthew chapter 24, starting verses 12 through 14, this is what God's word says. It says, because of the increase of wickedness. All right, let's stop right there for a moment. All right, I believe we're living in times. I don't think you could deny this at all, that there's some disruption and that there's some chaos. And let's just be honest, there's some really bad things happening. All right? Goes on to say, the, this is very concerning. Watch this. The love of most will grow cold. Now, do you know what that is referring to? The love of the most? The church. Jesus is throwing out a warning there. He's like, listen, the love of most or the church. Unfortunately, some of us are going to become cold. Now, I woke up this morning, I was cold. I'm not talking about that type of cold. I'm talking what, about the hardened heart, not communicating the gospel message, not having a, a, an understanding, not being an encouragement, okay? Goes on to say, but the one who stands firm or persevering to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Now listen, there's a lot of bad things going on, but there's also a tremendous amount of good going on as well. As I mentioned before, we are seeing, the church is seeing just a, a, an incredible outreach and seeing so many people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It says, in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So what are the two dynamics that I was talking about? Well, first one is this. There's a danger of Christians falling away, and that's a very real danger. If there's ever a time to be focused and to be planted within the scriptures and the word of God, the time is right now. It's very easy for us to be, get pulled or swayed one way or another and be distracted by so much, which we'll get into in a minute. But we must keep our focus, keeping our eyes upon Christ. And then here's the other dynamic. It's a great opportunity of non-Christians to get saved this season. A huge opportunity. 
You know, one of my biggest concerns is that the gathering of the church has been interrupted. It really has. You look back in March, and since then, we've had nothing but a lot of interruption take place within the gathering of the church. That's, you know, it's so important for us to come together. Do you realize this? Those of you watching online, it's so important that you're able to watch this and those listening to be able to listen. But it's so important that we gather together because, listen, this is the beginning of your new week. No better way to start it by than getting a, a message from God through his word, having a worship experience, being with like-minded believers and lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. That's extremely encouraging for us. But we're going to look at something here in, in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12 it says this because of the increase of wickedness the love of most notice it doesn't say few it does not say few but it says the most will grow cold so there's three three things here one is distractions listen we have been distracted experiencing more distraction now than maybe you have ever experienced in a long time Routines completely broken. Normal activity completely disrupted. We're going through distraction. You go within social media, you see distraction. You see people. Listen, listen. I don't get a really political in a lot of ways, but I'm going to throw this out. We see people with even in the body of Christ having distraction when it comes to political views. Do you know that the world is watching us right now? They're watching how we will respond. What our speech includes. How our attitudes are being displayed. What better way to kill and to try to destroy the gospel message from being given than to have a poor attitude. We have so much distraction. You turn on the news, social media, you turn on whatever it is, the radio, you're getting it. You're getting a lot of distraction right now. How about this? Many have become depleted. Have you ever just felt empty? Right? Like, I, 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 I just, I'm not feeling it right now. You ever woke up and go, Lord, do I really got to get into that time of devotion today? How about this? Lord, do I really got to get up on a Sunday morning when it's like 58 degrees out and it's cold? And get out from underneath these covers because I kept my windows open all night and turned the AC off. We need to be refueled. We need to be rejuvenated. We need to be encouraged. Do you realize this? And then listen, listen, here's another one. Discouraged. Looking at everything around us. So much discouragement. Not in the sense of what's happening, but the potential of what may happen later. So much discouraging that is filling our lives, filling in our minds, even filling within the church. Listen, we have all fell into one of these areas in most recent times. Maybe you're going through it right now. We're hoping for an immediate return of something, a glimmer of normal, being satisfied to realize a short time later that we just need more. Can I help you out here for a moment? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be transparent, very transparent with you. When all this went down and we had our first service, listen, we had our first service after we were shut down, right? I'm not talking about May 31st. I'm talking about like March, whatever it was, like the 22nd or 23rd, something like that. And I had to come in here on a Sunday morning and preach to an empty sanctuary. 
Do you now know how depleting that was? and discouraging that was and distracted that was. And listen, 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 I'm up here and I'm trying, you know, I gotta get in my mojo, you know what I'm saying? Like we gotta get, in, I gotta get in it, you know? And so I'm up here giving them and I'm acting like there's people out here and I'm preaching and I'm walking over here and I'm giving examples and words and I'm, you know, all this. Somebody was like, why are you doing that? We know no, ain't nobody in there. Who in the world, are you, are you okay, pastor? Why, why was I doing, I wanted some sense of normal. And so then the next week, watch this, we go to, um, I think it was drive-in church. Love drive-in church. It wasn't my idea. I robbed it off some church in Georgia, okay? And, and, and so we did that for, I think, 11 weeks. When we first did it, those first two to three weeks, I mean, that was so cool. By week four and five, I hated seeing your car. <laughs> Straight up. I was like, I'm done. I'm over this already. I think it went on for 11 weeks. All right. And then we had the opportunity to open back up again. May 31st. I'll never forget it. May 31st. As long as I live, we open back up. I came into this place at that time of worship on the 830 and the 1030 service. I was just completely engulfed with so much emotion. So much emotion. I was like, yeah, we've done it. We are coming back. You know, we are conquering this thing. And then about two, three weeks later, I was like, I'm over all the spacing out and the, and the masks. And we're still doing it. Don't worry, online, we are still doing it, okay? You get some people that are like, you don't wear enough masks. You get other people, you're wearing too many masks. Do you know the pressure that a pastor has right now? Incredible, let me tell you, all right? Now, listen, listen. And then I'm sitting there going, but we're not back to normal. It's, I, 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 was, I was satisfied for a minute. And I was like, we got to go back to Wednesdays. We got to have Wednesday night church. So we bring Wednesday nights back into the, into the uh, mix of everything. And that was cool. And then it was like, it's not enough. We're still not normal. So we bring the youth ministry back in. And that was great. Not enough. We still need more. So then we bring Kid City, who was tearing it up back there right now for the last two weeks. For the last two weeks, they've been open. That's great. By next week, I'll be like, we need something else. So we need a cafe open or something. I don't know. All right. All right. All right. Do you like that one? So wh wh why am I saying that? It's, it's a sense of because when we get a glitter of normal and we think we've been satisfied, we realize that we need more. Why? Because we have so much distraction. We have been depleted. We have been discouraged by so many things. And we continue to look at everything through the natural eye rather than looking through it through the biblical perspective. Because after all, God, none of this took God by surprise. He's seen all of this long before us, you know. And here's something that we need to do. Instead of looking at everything around us, here's, a here, here's I think it's great. We need to lift up. We really need to change our perspective at what we're looking at and lift up. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. He says this, when these things begin to take place, meaning the end time events, uh, the bad stuff, everything, right? Stand up and do what? L lift up. Everybody say lift up. And lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. We need to go through life looking not around, but rather lifting our eyes, changing our perspective, looking at God through all of this. So we have three things that I want to throw your way to help encourage you. Are you ready? Number one, this is, this is very, I, I took a lot of time into this, all right? 
we're going to heaven. Think about that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Let me, let me, let me try that again. Number one, we're going to heaven. All right. Golly, dang. How about this? You, I remember, listen, listen, I remember growing up and my dad was a pastor. And uh, so he was the pastor. He was also the worship leader. My mom, man, she could play some keys like crazy. She is just phenomenal piano player. I got no musical ability from either one of them. It's, it's amazing. And then I had a brother named Wayne who's older and passed away and a sister, uh, Lisa, who was older than me and passed away. But they were the worship team. And I remember sitting as, as a young guy, man, sitting on the front row, because I had to sit on the front row, you know, because it was a pastor's kid. And uh, man, they would just be blaring out some of these old hymns. Check this out. Here's one. How about this? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Amen. You remember that? When we all see Jesus, we'll what? Sing and shout the victory. How about this one? Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore. What? I'll fly away. How about Beulah land? No, don't, don't. We're not going there. We're not going there. Like as a kid, I'm like, who's Beulah? I don't know. I don't see her in the Bible. Okay. Listen, we have placed so much of our focus and our attention on the things that are going on around us within this earth that we have really lost the perspective that we are aliens here. Paul says it. Our citizenship is not here. We are just passing through. Let's take a look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. It says, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind. We have no hope, but we have hope, don't we? Who do we have? We have Christ. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According... <clears throat> To the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive. Now, listen, this is describing the rapture of the church who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. What does that mean? Those who have passed on before us. Okay. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another. It means what? Telling the church, reminding the church, what? With these words. Have you ever thought about what heaven's going to be like? Now, all honestly, we're not spending all eternity in heaven. We will actually be here on earth because Jesus does come back and he fixes all the bad stuff. Watch this. No more pollution, right? No more sickness. Amen. No more bills on the first, the middle, or the end of the month. Can we get an amen? The first service found that more humorous than you guys did. I don't know. All right. We should be excited for all that is coming our way. In fact, the book of Revelation gives us a glimpse of what to look for. Revelation 21, verses 4 through 5, it says this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Meaning what? No more weeping. 
There will be no more death, no more funerals. Can you say amen to that? Or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne, meaning Jesus, Jesus said, I am making everything new. That means everything that's been distracting, everything that's been depleting, everything that's been discouraged, right? And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Do you know that whenever Jesus communicated to his disciples, it was never about a better right now, but it was always about going to a better place. It was never necessarily right now. It was always about the destination. Watch this. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? In other words, Jesus has got a plan of encouragement here. What's that plan? Heaven, right? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may, may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas, you got to love Thomas, right? We all have that Thomas in our lives, that friend. Questions everything. I just want to punch him in the nose sometimes. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. Somebody needs to hear that for a minute. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has a brighter future than your present could ever be. All right, number two. Second thing that should encourage us. We are not going to suffer the wrath of God. Amen? Amen. There will be the wrath of God in the end times, meaning there is going to be tribulation period. All right. Romans chapter one, verse 18 says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So the wrath is what? Against those who are suppressing the truth. We know the truth and the truth is Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? You know, when Jesus went to the cross, one of the things essentially and basically he was doing was creating a contract with God the Father. In other words, I will take on the sins of this world, but I'm placing in this contract that you will be completely satisfied forever that everyone who goes into this relationship with me will be included within that contract so contractually you and I we cannot suffer the wrath that is coming for this world first Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 read this way now brothers and sisters about times and dates We do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So in other words, what? We don't know when this is. While people are saying peace and safety, does this not ring a bell about this week within uh, the news that has happened, right? When people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman 
and they will not escape. You know, now, listen. I, I have two boys that are back there right now in Kid City. And, you know, I, I walked alongside of my wife in her pregnancy. You know, you, you ever heard a, 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 a dad be like, yeah, when we were pregnant, you weren't pregnant, fool. She was pregnant. You just had to deal with the attitude, you know? Did you like that? So anyway, you know, um, we knew around about when there was going to be, you know, they were going to be born, right? We knew that, you know? And as time increased, <laughs> nature did its thing, right? And, and, and things changed, meaning as time got nearer and nearer, that window of opportunity became smaller and smaller, and you, you could look at it. Do you know that this world is right there right now? That it is in labor and that those pains are for real. And we're seeing it happen all around us. Scripture goes on to say this. But you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us be like others who are asleep. But let us be awake and sober. Let us not be like others um, who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that we who that whether, so that whether we are weak or, excuse me, we are awake or sleep, pray for me, please. We may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. You know what? For those who know God, this is as bad as it's going to get. Our future is bright. Do you understand that? Amen. But for those who do not know God, this is as good as it gets because it only gets worse. We must do what? Give our lives over to Jesus Christ. So as Christ followers, we know this. We're going to go to heaven. Secondly, we know that we are not going to suffer through the wrath of God. But thirdly, we are at the doorstep at the greatest revival. We really are. At every point in history, where there has been an increase of wickedness, there has also been an increase in a move of God. In 1963, Time Magazine published an issue where the title read this, Is God Dead? About that same time, that same era, the Cold War with Russia was taking place, and then there was a space race that happened. See, that was way before my time. Some of you might remember that, right? A Russian cosmonaut was quoted as saying, when I get to Earth or to, to space and I'm able to orbit, I'm going to do a spacewalk and to see if there is really a God. So he gets in space, he orbits the Earth, and next thing you read in the newspaper headlines, no God was found. Many thought then, well, it's obvious, there's no God. Well, years later, as the church was praying, in 1971, now Time Magazine had a different headline. This time it read, The Jesus Revolution. Why? Because people began to pray. 
They began to seek the face of God, asking for God to move in our land, and crying out for a revival. You see, we right now, where we are located in this season of life, have a great choice. We have many circumstances around us that are trying to dictate why there should not be a great revival and that we should have doubt and be depleted and distraction. But God tells me in his word that my attention needs to be lifted up. Why? Because I know that I'm not a citizen of this land, but I'm a citizen of the most high God, his kingdom. And because of that, I have a tremendous opportunity. And that opportunity is to share the gospel message. People are more intent to listen now than ever before. They're looking for answers. They want answers. They're desperate for answers. And you, as a Christ follower, have the answer. And the answer is in Jesus Christ alone. He is our hope. That's not in question. That is a certainty. That Jesus is the answer. John chapter 12, verses 27 through 28 says, Now my soul is troubled. That's okay. It's okay to have a, a troubled soul at times, right? Just don't allow it to take over. He says, Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. Because it was for this very reason I came to this hour. It was for this very reason. Think about that. Do you know why you're in 2020 and in the season you're in? Because God put you there. Why? Because he wants to use you to make a great difference in this world. We all, like I said last week, we all have lost loved ones. People that, you know, we consider to be in our circles of relationship that God brings about in our paths every single day. And listen, he's saying this. I'm giving you the opportunity. You have the ultimate message. Share it. Share that gospel message. You know, I, I believe we as a church. You know, I've often thought to myself, God, God real, why couldn't I like, you know, pastor way down the road? <laughs> Not now. Look at everything that's going on. That does not need to be our attitude. We need to take a look. God has given us a responsibility right now in the world that we're living in. Make a difference in people's lives. We need to be encouraged, not discouraged. We don't need to be depleted. We don't need to be distracted because we know where our hope is. And your hope is in Jesus Christ. Every one of us has a story in this room of how God has moved miraculously, miraculously within your life. Share that message. That is a message that you know how God has moved and what he did. Don't be bashful about it, but be proud of what God has done in your life. Take the gospel. We gave you a great resource at churchbythebeach.org under our growth track, a small paragraph that briefly describes the gospel message. Use it. It will make a difference in people's lives. I promise. Amen? Amen. All right. Will you stand with me this morning? It is my hope today that you will decide, just as I have decided, to flip the switch on how we are looking at our circumstances. No longer looking through the natural perspective of all of this, but looking through the biblical perspective.
Because again, none of this has ever taken God by surprise. And he designed and he placed you in an error in this one to make a difference. And you know, maybe, maybe today you're here or you're watching us online or listening and you don't know who this Jesus Christ is that we're talking about. You, you, you have a hard time understanding this encouragement because you're so, been, been just surrounded by so much discouragement and depletion and distraction. And Jesus is saying it this way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit is knocking on the hearts of a lot either in this room or listening to us or watching us. And he's saying, will, will, will this be the moment? Will this be the time, the opportunity that you say, you know what, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I surrender all. I surrender all. And if that's you today, I wanna to pray this prayer with you. And I ask you to repeat it. In fact, I ask us as a church as a whole to repeat this prayer, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross and paying for my sin. I ask you to forgive me and to save me. I declare that you are God and that Jesus, you are the Lord. I believe that you died, you were buried, and you rose again. Today, Lord, put my faith in you. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. Now listen, listen. You better not walk away here depleted, discouraged, and distracted. Because you have been given a message of hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ. He says to do this, lift up. Stop looking at everything around you. Lift up. Why? Your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Can I pray with you today? Father God, I thank you for every individual here. Lord, I just ask blessing in their life, purpose, plan, and will, God. May they allow you, Father, to lead them in all things. May we not be discouraged by everything that's happening around us, but Lord, may we be encouraged, God that you are the orchestrator, you are the creator, you are the author of all. And Lord, may we lift our heads up, our eyes unto you. Stop looking, Lord, at everything within our natural, but God, looking at everything through the spiritual lens. Because our futures are great. What you have for us, Lord, this world will never be able to offer. And may we never forget that. May we keep our focus upon you and you alone. Because of that, Lord, we say we love you, we worship you, and we praise you. And Father, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We love you guys. Have a great day.